Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Hello, and welcome back. So we're here today. It's the month of February, so I decided, as always, to do an episode on love, money, finances, things of that nature. I try to do one every year. I think it's important during this time when relationships, and it's not just love relationships, meaning romantic relationships, but I feel like in February, particularly now as we've been transitioning, February and Valentine's Day and all that um, love energy has become a lot more focused, and rightfully so, on all kinds of love relationships that you have, not just romantic ones. So there's definitely the romantic aspect of it, but there's also um, the relationships people have with their friends, the relationships people have with their family members, kids. So people, I think that's becoming more inclusive. Obviously, it's more inclusive for the money grab of it, but I think that it's an appreciate an, an opportunity to appreciate or, or demonstrate appreciation to people in your life who you love. So for that part of Valentine's Day, I do enjoy it. I do love it. Um, I love the color red. So it's really just, I love to see all the red around. I love to wear red on Valentine's Day. And people think I'm really into it. It's like, no, I just really love the fact that there's a day when I can see so much red around. I love that. And this year I decided to host um, a brunch at my house for my friends. I didn't know that this whole, there was a Galentine's Day. I didn't know that. I think that's very corny. That is that. But I didn't even, it wasn't like a big thing. I just had like a few of my friends over and um, decorated and read things. Because again, this girl loves red. I have a red couch. I don't know if that tells you anything. I've never had a red car, but that's because I just think that might be a little much. But I have a red couch. And my red couch is the only actual thing in my house that is really red. I have like red accessories. Like I have a red tea kettle and stuff like that. And and my kitchen, I have everything. All of my accessories are red. I have a red like Cuisinart mixer. Like, yeah, okay. So I like red, but I decorated with red um, around the house and, and um, I had I made some red rum punch, which went over very well. <laughs> Everybody was um, was pretty, pretty lit off the rum punch and um, and rosé. So it was cute. It was a way to get together. And I think I use those opportunities again. I didn't know about this Galentine's Day thing, but I thought I'm also I've also committed this year to hosting one um group like one thing with my friends at my house a month um on new year's i did a new year's eve party and um you know this month i did that um small brunch and you know maybe a game night it may be just an opportunity to have people over um i spend a lot of money on um hosting things i had i was able to pull out glasses for this event that were red on the bottom like that's how much like stuff that like i had so i was like you know what malik you have to um, utilize these things and hosting and I also would sometimes feel like I don't like to host but I do I like to have people over and feed them and give them drinks I have a full bar um, and it's a good way to kind of reconnect your friends we're very very busy people everybody people have husbands and children and work and and just a lot of life obligations and sometimes with your friends you know you text all the time you do that kind of stuff but you don't always connect and sometimes you just you just want to connect with your friends. And again, it's just a couple of hours and you're just kind of sitting down talking, you know, talking and it's really helpful. So it's something that I'm committed to for the year and a way to make sure that I'm staying um, connected in a very intimate way with my friends. And sometimes being in their physical presence is is a, is an important part of that. 
And so I did that <laughs> um, and, I, and I appreciated that for Valentine's Day, but I was fiscally responsible in the way that I didn't host it until Sunday. And so I was able to utilize Saturday, which was after Valentine's Day to go to all the stores and get things for 50, 60, 75% off. And so I was able to give um, everyone who came um, a journal and a calendar for 2020 all at um, 50 and 60% off and um, was able to get these stickers that are that are made by um, a, a black woman from D.C. Um, she has these stickers in Michael's and, um, and I'm, I'm so remiss that I don't have her name right in front of me, but I will pull it up before the end of the podcast. But she has these stickers and they're black women and, and images and and things for black women. So you so that when you can put stickers on your journals and make notes and stuff. And it's so refreshing to see. And so she has that. I love it. Love it. Love it. Shouts to her. I'm going to um, pull up her name, pull up her Instagram and share with you guys. They're just beautiful stickers. And the great part about them is that, you know, they have all of these. Basically, they have all of these like little sayings and things that you can relate to as a black woman and images and, and sometimes it's really just refreshing when you want to create a space for yourself if you're in your own journal or if you're in your own calendar and you want to see something that reflects back um reflects back to you so that was that's really important so I was able to have that and give that to everyone um actually I found it the um the stickers are called it's called capital Sh- capital chic designs on Instagram and um it, she's based in Maryland and she really she does she does um, personal stickers for people if you want. Um, it's really great. Check out her Instagram page. It is amazing. I love to support um, black women doing amazing things. And so I was able to pick these up there in Michaels. And so it was really, really exciting. If you have a chance, check it out. You'll see that it is really a dope, dope, um, dope thing. And I'm going to put it up on my Instagram um, uh, and show you guys what the stickers are so I was able to give those out we sat together we were able to put the stickers together um you know share the stickers and use them for our, our journals and really talk about setting goals for the year you know I don't I didn't straight restrict everyone to financial goals but it's just like setting goals for the year we all know how important that is and how any importance of writing it down that's one of the big things that we talk about on financial emancipation is like if you have a goal you got to write it down you know you can't just start thinking things into the air you have to write it down and start to manifest things I think it's really important to think about manifestation and that's why we've done vision boards that's why you've done those things because manifestation is real if you put it out into the universe the universe will conspire to get you what you what you desire always remember that so you have to put out into the universe what it is you want and it's at the same time always reminding yourself not to put out negativity into the universe because that as well will manifest if you put it out in the universe so be it was a really good thing to do it was a way to celebrate um and and get together with with girlfriends and um not use that very corny uh galentine's day that swag um but anywho so that was what i was able to do I mean, also um, this week I was able to attend um, an event called about black love and money, which was hosted by the co-hosted by the royalty project and um, and the urban league young professionals. So this was an event where um, folks gathered from both organizations to have a soiree discussion type um, um, thing about love and money and the uh, the the elements or the ways in which you discuss finances and um, as it relates to dating and relationships, you guys know I've done episodes on that, multiple episodes on um, on that. And really because it's a topic that does not go away, you know, the, the, and, and at this event, which was a great event. And if you um, if you're interested in seeing like clips from it, follow the Royalty Project. Um, they put up a lot of good clips about um, from the event. It was really 
important that we discuss love and money because it comes up in every aspect, right? It comes up in the dating. It it comes up in dating. It comes up in committed relationships. It comes up in casual dating. It continuously comes up. And it's not like, you know, you should meet a person. I always say it's not like you should meet someone and just start running down like your credit score and all in your dreams and your aspirations and your financial goals and your financial history and your financial trauma. No, because you don't pour out all of that to anyone on any other level when you first meet them. But as you become comfortable with a person, you have to discuss these things. So it was really a good event. It was a, the, the ages of the people at the, at the event were, were um, you know, like above, maybe like after college. But there were some people there who were like kind of fresh out of college. And then some people who are like adults who have been in the world, you know, closer to 40. So it was a nice range because you were able to hear the feedback. And one of the biggest topics, and this is, one of the, this is what we're going to kind of touch on today, is what I constantly discuss when it comes to love and money is that love requires honesty, money requires honesty. Yet when people put love and money together, they get to become the most dishonest that you'll see. So it's, and the dishonesty comes in the hiding. People don't believe it, but, um, you know, lying, it, what is it called? How do you say it? Um, to to omit is to lie right and some people don't agree with that I am a firm believer in that to omit is to lie so if I talk to you and I never specifically ask you how much debt you have um but you have three hundred thousand dollars worth of debt but you don't tell me and then when it comes out you're going to tell me that I didn't ask you I think that's just being dishonest right um because you know that it's relevant but you didn't tell me right so it's things like that so people have trouble doing that and one of the when I was able to speak I made sure to, to remind folks that there's a lot of shame that comes in finances and discussing finances and dating because you want a person to like you. You know, you're into it. You want to like them and you want them to like you. And if you feel shame about something, you're very reluctant to share it. So that includes other things besides money, but it also includes money. So if you're a person who has bad credit because you've made poor financial decisions, you may not be inclined to want to share that with a person who you're just meeting because you may think it may um, take away from how they feel about you. And it may or may not. Um, there was one man at the event who was an, uh, a gentleman who I had to, I, I would gauge he was at least 40 years old. And he said that he didn't believe men looked f- to women um, to work to, like as a concern about where they were financially, because in his mind, um, a woman, he, his job is to take care of his woman. So it wasn't, he never looked at it and thought that, um, thought about what a woman's state was financially. I found that fascinating. A lot of people clapped for that. I didn't because I realized in what he was saying was that um, he didn't see his partner as an equal financial contributor. And in in my mind, in not seeing her as an equal financial contributor, I was assessing that he may not see her as an equal partner, period. Um, to say I have no interest in where she is financially also says to me that he is not a person who protects his own. Because if, a, if you have no interest in where a person is financially, um, because you already believe you're going to take care of them, then you're a person who's a mark to be taken advantage of. Because a person who, if you are that person and then you would turn around and get with someone who you have no interest in how they manage money, understand that even if you are going to be as generous as you can, they're going to take advantage of it if they have poor money habits. And so a lot of people clapped for that. I didn't. I know my mind thinks things 10 steps, you know, beyond what the moment is. But there's this understand this idea that only women are really concerned with where a man is financially because there's still this underlying tone. And this was a room full of professionals. And it still was the, the it was still the underlying theme was that 
women are looking to be taken care of by men and men are looking to take care of women. And so the only people who are really concerned about where a woman is, where a person is financially are women. Um, and I think that that thought process, it lends itself to some really um, unhealthy um, assumptions going into situations and relationships. Um, so again, if, if that's the idea, one woman expressed that she was concerned about asking about finances from a man because she didn't want to be um, thought of as a gold digger. Um, you know, my response to that was, if he doesn't have, you don't know, you can't be a gold digger where there's no gold. So you won't know what the situation is. You could think you're digging for gold and you could find that you're not digging for anything but pennies. Um, if you don't know the situation, you'll ask the questions. You know, we are worried a lot about offending people by asking questions because we've been taught, particularly black people, about manners and, and about what's appropriate and don't say this and don't say that. And <clears throat> in a lot of ways, that there are some, there's some truth to that. You know, we should not, like I said, you shouldn't go on a first date with someone and ask them, you know, what is your salary? But understand that when you ask a person what do they do and where do they go to school and what kind of degrees do they have, you're already asking about how much money they make, right? You're you're in you're you're finding out. If I tell you that you know I am an attorney and I work for you know a high-powered law firm and I've been there for five years and I graduated from Harvard Law, you can do the math. If you can do math, you can do the math. You know, like so. It's not as if we're not asking these questions. We're just not asking the question. And it's fair to not ask the the. the actual question on a first date second date third date but it's not it's also unfair and 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 a terrible idea to wait until like I always say you're waiting for that rental application to come through to find out this person has bad credit no money and you find out then how much money they make and you guys don't qualify for an apartment you know the one of the first questions that they were asking at this event and again this event was hosted by the royalty project and the new york urban league um the urban league young professionals was that was whether or not people ask the salary when, 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 you know, do people ask or do people know the salary of the person that they're casually dating? And many people said, yes, I think it was about half and half. I personally didn't even believe that because I talked to so many people who do not know how much other people make. I have friends, my, like people who are friends don't know how much their friends make. People have um, spouses um, that they don't know how much money they exactly make. People are in relationships with people. They don't know exactly how much money they make because people think it's private. And I mean, I work with money as my job. I deal with people's salaries because I oversee a budget and I know how much everybody who works in my office makes. And my office has almost 1,300 employees and I know how much everybody makes. Um, so it, it, it's not something to me that's so secretive, again, because of what I do. And, and, and knowing about finances and stuff, it's important to know how much a person makes. Um, but it's something that people hold close to the best. And I understand it, but it is detrimental in your relationships to do that because you're not sharing the proper information. You know, people talked a lot about, you know, people were talking about generational wealth and did that marriage and relationships are a business relationship and you have to pick a good business partner. And I thought, you know, in that instance, we're jumping the shark. Like, how do we get all the way to gener generational wealth and transfers of wealth and how we're going to build together when people are getting on dates and can't even ask a person how much money they make or tell another person how much money they make or how much credit card debt they have or how much student loan debt they have or how bad they are with money. People can't be honest about that. And so 
I don't know how we get to a point where we're at, you know, generational wealth. The other part of this was to, is that, you know, I heard a lot, and this is my, just what I was hearing from the people in the room. There's a lot of um, emphasis for women on tiptoeing around this idea of making more money than a man. You know, that is something, you know, when I talk about that, I get a lot of um, back, I wouldn't say backlash, but a lot of feedback from people that say I'm overblowing it. Like it's just overblown. Men don't really care about how much money you make. I got in this room and you could hear it. You could hear it. You could hear it. That men do care about when, when, when a woman makes more money than because there's still a thing that culturally, and this is a black love and money conversation. So it was still there that culturally, you know, men do believe they're supposed to be the provider. And so a few men made a comment about, it's not about how much money she makes as long as she's able to, she's not gonna use that to degrade or or um, demean me, right? Because there's an idea out there that if a woman makes more money than a man, she's gonna de demean him and degrade him. She's gonna use it to do that. That idea comes from the fact that men believe that they are supposed to be in the position of being the breadwinner. And so they think the existence, not what she's going to do, the very fact that she makes more money than him is a demean to him, is something that demeans him and diminishes him. So everything she does is going to make him feel that way, but it's an existence. It's, it's, not, it's not anything that she has to do. Some women do it. Please do not mistake that some women, I'm sure, utilize that as a power thing over a man and use it to demean him. I, I mean, that happens. Everything happens. But I think that there's uh, there's sometimes the existence of it, right? The fact that it is in truth a fact can make a person feel something. But in a good conversation I had with my sister last night, you can't do anything about the way your existence makes another person feel. So if I am in a relationship with a man and I make $70,000 more than him, right? That's significant. I make more money than him. When we talk about making more money, it's like if I make 60 and you make 50, we, there ain't nothing really different about our lives. Like, you know, we, 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 you know, I make 60, make 50. That could change in five minutes. If I make 150 and you make 50, we have a different life, right? And so that is the type of difference when I say someone makes more than someone, because there's a, there's a, there's a difference in what you can do when you make that type of, when you have that type of um, difference in salary. And so the, if the idea, if the existence of the fact that you make more money than this person is going to make them feel away, there's nothing you can do about that. Unless you're going to make less money, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't make a person feel better about that. And I heard a lot of women in the room telling us as the other people in the room, the different ways in which you can try to make a man feel better about that, better about a lot of things. You know, one woman said, you know, I had to adjust my tone on how I talk to him about these things because, you know, he had a problem. He wouldn't pay the bills on time. And I had to talk to him about this in a, in a tone, in a way that made him feel comfortable. Listen, I, and everybody clapped for that. And I said, you know what? That's sweet, but that's not my approach. Um, in a sense of communicating with anyone, but you know, there's a fundamental need to pay the bills on time. Like I, you can you have to pay the bills on time. And if you're not paying the bills on time, cause you don't have the money, then we have to work through that. But if you just don't pay the bills on time, she said he would forget. That's not acceptable. Right. But then she had to come in and watch how she was talking to him in her words. I had to watch how I was speaking to him because I didn't want him to feel away. You know, you should watch how you speak to everybody. Everybody should speak to each other with respect. But what, 
what I think it was I was hearing in that when I heard a lot of was that women are still trying to make themselves malleable to fit into a role that their circumstance may not actually let them fit into. So let me just repeat that again. Women are maneuvering themselves. They're they're switching and deepening and shifting and 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 shrinking to fit into something that they actually don't fit into. So it's like, oh, I need to make sure that he understands that he's still the king of this castle, even though I make more money, right? If he is indeed the king, he will be the king. Kings reign. Like, that's what they do. The king is the king. And if that is, if he is the leader of this household and he has the leadership skills to lead this household, he will lead regardless. And it won't be because you had to make him feel anyway. It will be because he is the leader. Because you, 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 he makes himself feel like the leader. You support him in his leadership, but he makes himself feel like the leader. He comes to that with the confidence and the disposition and the knowing and, and, the, and the security to be the leader that he needs to be. And you can support him in that. In the, if, but if his leadership and his ability to lead requires you to shrink, then there's a problem, right? Now, it may not be a problem for him. Because he's feeling like him, like he's leading, but it's a problem for you. And so when it comes to this idea of the women and men with the difference in money, it was really like, a, like I could hear it in the room. And I was so surprised to hear it in the element in the room where it was a lot of professionals. But I understand that we are all kind of just living out what was taught to us. We are all kind of living out the same things that we were, grew up learning. And so it affects us all. And the reality is, Listen, money is a tool to help you live a life that you want to live. And if you are in a dating and loving situation, a loving relationship, this is going to come up. You're dating and you're getting to know someone, how they live. You know, a gentleman next to me said he don't sh he only shop at Whole Foods and he can't date no guy who only he can't date a guy who doesn't shop at Whole Foods or has a problem with that because that's not his life. He said he don't fly spirit. So he got, you know, and he thought those things are important to him. He said, listen, we got to be equally yoked on that. We got to be in the same position. So what he's saying is that he only wants to date someone who is in the same financial stature bracket as he is. That's fair. There's nothing wrong with that because he's saying I live a lifestyle and that's the lifestyle that I want to live. And so you got to get down with that lifestyle. He's being open and honest and, and, and that will either have him to um, attract what he wants or excuse me, be able to identify when that doesn't work for him. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, he's being open. He's being honest. Will it pull it? Will it limit his pool? I'm sure it will. Um, but he's okay. He seems to be, he seemed to be okay with that from the limited conversation that we had. But it was just fascinating. This was a really lively discussion. People were coming at things from different angles. Listening to men talk about this was very um, refreshing because I rarely hear from a man's perspective. So it was refreshing to hear men speak about their perspective on this. Um, you know, they, you know, when there were a lot of women who were saying, listen, I don't care how much money I make. I want a man to take care of me. I want him to be the breadwinner. I want that. That's what I want, you know, and. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that either. And what I what I offer up to women in those positions is to say, it the more money you make, the harder it is going to be for you to find anyone who makes even the same as you, let alone more. And when and and everyone like because the 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 the, the idea is that most people make around the medium income, right? So medium income in like New York City, in New York, expensive city is like sixty thousand dollars. 
50, $60,000. So it's like, if you make 200, ain't that many people who make 200 and then they don't all look like you if you're looking for a person who's black and then they all are not, are not single and then they all are not attractive to you and they all like like there's a whole like you're dwindling down so you have to understand that there there may be a limit to that you know and you know we didn't talk a lot in this event but I you know I always like to offer up that there are some women who are comfortable dating a man who makes less money than them and being the breadwinners in their household and not begrudgingly, not like, oh, I'm just the breadwinner because I take care of him. It's like, it's like, this is the, this is the nature. This is the setup and they have it and they're comfortable and they're living their lives and their men are no less men because of it. No less Kings in their households because of it. Um, they, that they're, it's okay. And so there's, there's a lot of this is a personal thing. A lot of it is influenced from society, but love and money is a very complicated thing. You know, it is not infidelity that leads to divorce the most. It is finances. You know, people don't talk about money. They're not honest about money. People use money as weapons. People use money to abuse people. People utilize money to fill voids that they can't fill emotionally. People buy things and express themselves in a, with material things in order to fill emotional voids that they have. You, when you're getting to know a person and you're you, you just as much as you want to get to know all the triggers that they have as it relates to anything else, if your person was an alcoholic, you'd want to get to know that just the same way you want to get to know if the person's a shopaholic and they, or they, they carry a lot of debt. You need to know these things. And the only way you're going to know them is if you talk about it. And so before we get to generational wealth and before we get to who's the king and who's the queen, before we get to any of that, we need to talk. And be honest, you know, if I meet someone and I'm on a first date, I'm very comfortable discussing with someone by saying, listen, I, where do you work? Oh, I work in public finance, blah, blah, blah. You know, and also I'm really a person who and finances are important to me, you know, making sure that I keep, I maintain a good credit score is important to me. These are things that I'm going to express about myself before I get to asking him. I'm going to express about myself, you know, maintaining, making sure I pay my bills on time. So that's very important to me because security is important to me. I need to feel safe in my life. I've done a good job of making myself feel secure and safe. And if I have a partner, it's really important to me that they themselves can make themselves financially stable and therefore can come into the relationship with financial stability. That's putting something out there and ask him anything. I didn't, I told him about me and what I'm looking for, right? If he translates that to mean I'm a gold digger, he is an idiot and he doesn't listen. And then we don't need to move forward. But uh, one of the women at the um, event said something really important. Don't waste your time trying to prove a falsehood to be false. Like if you are not a gold digger, don't waste your time trying to explain to somebody or fake, make somebody believe you're not a gold digger. If that's what they think about you, let it go. Um, You don't have to waste any time or energy trying to disprove something. That's not true. So... If if you if I tell you on a date, hey, I'm looking for someone who's financially stable, able to take care of themselves. It's important to me that you have your own things so that if we were to get together, we could come together, you know, with my own and your own and build. If I tell you that and you hear from that gold digger, that's fine. What you should hear from that is that I'm looking for you to be financially stable. And so if I hear from you, I didn't say make a lot of money. I said be financially stable, be able to pay your bills, have your own stuff, have decent credit because that means you pay your bills. So if you are, if you hear that and that's not you, meaning you know you a spendaholic, blah, 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 then you may say, and this girl ain't for me. What I also have to be careful of is that if you are that person, you may want to latch on to me, right? Because you're like, oh, great. Whew, somebody who's financially stable. 
And even and then you don't hear the part where I say I don't want somebody who ain't financially stable. But then that gives us the next couple of dates or getting to know each other to kind of fit, pan that out for me to watch and see where that goes. You know, I, I know someone who, you know, we we dated a long time ago, but now we're really just friends, um, a strange friendship, but we're friends nonetheless. And, you know, he and I talk about money in a way we we joke about it a lot. Um, but he'll tell me like, yo, like, I ain't got no money right now. You need to pay for lunch today or whatever. And I'm like, fine. Like, I don't care. He always pays for lunch. He always pays for meals. You know, he always does that. And so when he says it, it doesn't make me feel any way. It's like, of course, like, whatever. Like, we're we're good. Like, we, you know, and there were times when we didn't, we couldn't have those conversations. And it was more times when we were dating and looking towards that type of relationship that we couldn't be honest about those things. And now that we're not and we're just friends, I find that we're much more honest about that. And it's a lot, it's very comfortable. We talk about money. We talk about how much stuff costs and where, you know, where money's coming from. We talk about that so much more openly now in a way that would have been better for our relationship had we done it when we were interested in being in a relationship with each other. And so it, it, you, you see the value in it. It's just for us, it did, didn't line up in the right time. But, you know, I, I see the value in it and I practice it in, in relationship with him and, and make sure that it's something I'm, I'm looking for to be comfortable with in a relationship with a person. So again, I, I, these discussions, these conversations, me talking about it on a podcast, you know, the Royalty Project and the Urban League Young Professionals hosting events like this, it should continue. We should have these conversations. We should know what each other talk, wants to discuss. You know, I would love to have like a, a, a conversation where people are like having a more intimate um, like just discussing it, you know, talking about it. I'm going to do another episode. Where I'm going to bring in um, someone, you know, guest to talk about love and, and, and money because it's an important topic. And it really is one for which people have so many different perspectives on it. And you have to hear them all so that you know what's out there and that you can know that maybe the perspective that you have is not a singular one. Maybe you're not the only one who feels that way. So if you have an opportunity, again, um, check them out on Instagram, follow them, The Royalty Project, follow New York Urban League on um, on Instagram, New York Urban League Young Professionals on Instagram, and, and you'll see stuff from the event. It was really a great event, and um, I'm so glad that I was able to attend and participate, So, um, and I'll put some stuff up on my Instagram. So thank you so much for listening today. I um, just wanted to talk about that. It's, it's February, love, money, friendships, value your friendships. Um, value your friends, all of your loving relationships. And I hope that this month for you, you know, if anybody, if this, this type of stuff is a trigger for you, I hope that, you know, you're comforted by knowing that there are people who love you and, you know, you should feel good about that regardless of what society will tell you your love should look like. Um, so thank you so much. And if you haven't already done so, hit me up, follow me on Instagram, Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Twitter, F-I-N Emancipation. I'm gonna start tweeting a lot more. So if you're on Twitter, follow me. And um, if you have any questions, send me an email, Malik, M-A-L-I-E-K at thefinancialemancipation.com. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, and if you if you have a chance, again, go over, follow the Royalty Project, um, that it, the, the Royalty Project on Instagram, New York Urban League, and also to our my my um, my pick for my black business, Capital Sheet Designs, which would, which you should check that out on Instagram and pick up some of her stuff. It's at Michael's. It's awesome. It's amazing. Pick it up and, um, and check it out and support. Thank you so much and have a great day.